0: Thank you for listening to the Martinis and the Macabre podcast. This show contains graphic content and explicit language and is intended for immature adult audiences. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Something beautiful happened today. Going to one of my stores, making my rounds at work, and I got to a store called Meyer. I don't know if Meijer is national or not, or if it's I just a Midwest so. I think it's just a Midwest thing. It's
0: but like a Walmart. It's like a Walmart,
1: really. I think I think Walmart took a page from Meyer when Meyer was built in our town and then they're like, Holy fuck, you can have a department store like that? Next thing you know, Walmart is now Walmart. Super, super Walmart. Super center. <laughs> um so I got there, and I just got off the interstate. I've been driving for a long time, and I'm like, "Wow, if I don't go, I'm going to shit my pants." So I go to the bathroom, and you already stopped here once to shit. This was today. I didn't shit today at home.
0: I thought you came today. No. Oh.
1: That was yesterday. because um, I came to get my glasses. Yeah. Sunglasses. You made a, you and stuff. Made a pit stop. I, know, to I, shit. Was, I was close, but. So all the stalls were taken but one. So if there are there any any of the listeners out there who are handicapped, just uh sorry, I use the handicapped stall, but they're all taken, so
0: uh huh, and I consider you handicapped anyway.
1: Uh, bless it. <laughs> and uh,
0: God bless his heart.
1: And I lost every bit of shame I have. So whenever I go, I go. Like yeah, I used to just sit there and be quiet. You know, as quiet oh, I hear as you I from the bathroom yeah. all the time. But you know what I'm talking about? How like you don't want the other person to hear you mm-hmm. poop or something. You know, I don't give a shit anymore. I sit down and let it go. You
0: do give a shit. Yeah,
1: <laughs> lots of shits. <laughs> By the sea you of...
0: shut on a mouse. It's nothing now. Yeah, <laughs> I hope
1: that mouse is okay. No, I don't. I hope it's fucking dead. Fuck I'm that
0: sure mouse. it is.
1: Um. So yeah, I let my flag fly, and I drop it, and
0: like it's hot.
1: Like it's a lot of poop coming out. And here's the beautiful part. Hmm. You'll like it. Trust me. I, I, I sit there and I'm just like checking Facebook and I'm like, and man the torpedo. Boom. <laughs> and the guy two stalls down and goes <laughs> And the guy next to him goes <laughs> And I'm like <laughs> 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 What's beautiful about it is we don't know each other's race, religion, political affiliation, what we identify as. We just had an unspoken agreement. Poop is funny. (laughs) (laughs) That was a beautiful moment. Did you
0: say you're welcome?
1: No, I was too busy giggling. (laughs) We were all giggling. It was funny as you we could hear the door open and then immediately close because so poor guy walked in and heard three dudes he like laughing in completely separate stalls. <laughs> I was like, fuck this.
0: <laughs> or he got a whiff of your scent. Oh, it like, hmm.
1: It's funny because then it kind of turned it not to like a competition, but it turns like, everything's okay now because everybody else was being quiet. <laughs> Lumber's and Billy. <laughs> and they're like, and they're like, Ha <laughs> Y'all, you, know, you can hear just shit. This is like <laughs> Dolby's digital surround sound shit. Yeah. Everybody just yeah. started firing them like, off. like, "It's cool now." He, he, like, he broke the seal, so like, we can all do it. It's okay. Nobody's gonna get mad. It's funny. So,
0: <laughs> I don't think that would ever happen in a women's bathroom. But you
1: see what I'm saying? It was a beautiful moment to where, like, we don't even had, we didn't even have to know each other. <laughs> just all of us together, agreeing that that's funny. Over poop poop's funny.
0: It just tells you that men are quite immature when it comes to what they think is funny.
1: No, we're all for togetherness.
0: Togetherness. Huh? Hi guys, welcome to Martinis and the Macabre, the podcast where we drunkenly discuss morbid murders, mysteries, and mayhem and occasional shits. My name is Erica, joined by my husband and rootin' tootin', shittin' his brains out, Billy. Hi! Ugh. Whoa, that was a violent hi. Sorry. You sound like a dying animal.
1: Yeah, Mm-hmm. that's me.
0: It's probably the sound that comes out of your ass, too, when you're shitting. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, guys, so welcome again. And we're recording this on Saturday, what'd you say, the 8th? Yes. Tomorrow is the 9th, so by the time you hear this... Billy and I will have celebrated our wedding anniversary, which is on the 9th.
1: We're going out to eat. You remember back when it was like, oh, we could do this or this or what? Tw- oh, jewelry. Oh, wow. Now it's like now we have kids and we're in our like late thirties. We're just like, what do you think about like Texas Roadhouse or Outback? You're like, fuck yeah, let's do that.
0: <laughs> That's our special time. <laughs> it's so
1: it's lame because even on the drive home, I'm driving on I seventy. I'm like, tomorrow's gonna fucking rock. <laughs> They're going to give us bread
0: <laughs> with Like butter And they'll keep asking if we want refills they'll just, And they'll just do it They'll do it, because that's their job
1: I'm going to tip the fuck out of them <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, we've been married for As of tomorrow 18 years now And have been together more years than we've been apart We know each other so well That we finish each other's Poop Okay.
1: They're
0: funny. All right. That'll work. And as our vows say, till death do us part. So when one of us eventually takes a downfall with our health and we are lying on our deathbeds, will either of us have any last minute confessions to make?
1: I have to die first. I can't I. I, I can't let you die for, I have to die first because I don't know the passwords to all the sites to pay our bills and shit. You know? I, I, so, so convenience, like, you have if to you die ki- first. If you kick the buck, I'll be like, ah, fuck. What am I going to do? I'm going to have to call your mom and ask her.
0: forget your password.
1: I'm going to have to call your mom and ask her what her last name is. (laughs) I'm not going to know anything.
0: Well, when this happens, if it's Billy, will he tell me that he doesn't really like my chili and has lied about it for decades? That when he scratches his ass, he sniffs his fingers afterwards because he likes the smell. Everybody likes their own brand. Or that he killed a hooker in Alaska and took her money and pretended that he won it on a scratch-off?
1: That was cold-blooded. Yes.
0: Okay, that last one was oddly specific. So I feel I have to say that I am not aware of Billy ever being in Alaska nor killing any hookers anywhere. Please don't consider him a suspect in the murder of any moneyless hookers.
1: I just, I just made a dad joke. That's all.
0: All jokes aside.
1: I almost had a killer one today. I almost did it, and I took a picture I almost took a picture and sent it to Noah. But I was afraid this would be the one that would kill him. Like his head would explode.
0: What dad joke?
1: Yeah. I thought about taking a a package of Twix bars and putting them right here and then taking a picture. And I'm like, hey, I got a couple of Twix up my sleeve. And I was like, Billy, don't do it. Don't do it, Billy. You you know, you're you're, you're a little... You're
0: already damn near cries when you give him a dad joke.
1: You're a little stinker, but you're not evil. Don't do that to your kid. (laughs) Let him have a good weekend for once. My last words, if I can, if I can, you know, work it out, you know, is... Um, the money
0: is hidden in...
1: Yep, exactly. I put a million dollars underneath... Uh, and that's it.
0: And I'd be like, you fucker No, you didn't.
1: <laughs> that's what You what like my, to spend money. That's what my wife is going to say. That bitch is lying.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> All jokes aside... I really don't think that either of us would have any bombshell secrets to spill. We're pretty open with each other. I mean, we even tell you guys about all kinds of personal stuff. And we don't even see your faces. But what happens when someone has done something so bad, and it's so heavy on their conscience, that they just have to tell someone before they die? And that's what we're talking about this episode. Deathbed Confessions. And this topic was a Billy chosen topic, so... Thank you, Billy. Yay. I get one in every once in a while.
1: And while you're reading these in between them, let me know. And then I'm going to, I'm going to, um, so you're going to, you're going to do like deathbed confessions and I'm going to pepper in a couple of famous people's last words before they died. Oh, okay. The first one is Pancho Villa. One of the best last words ever spoken in the world. I know it by heart. I don't even have to look it up. Don't let it end like this. Tell him I said something important. <laughs> and you know what makes it funnier? Is those are the last words we know of him, which means the guy he told was a real dick. <laughs> it, like, he, he was like, oh, yeah, sure. Like What was his last words? like, I not believe this shit. And now that's how we know him. Is don't let it in like this. Tell him I said something important or something meaningful. Okay, go ahead.
0: All right, let's get into it. The first case was 30 years in the making. Michael Anderson and his wife Dorothy lived quiet, religious lives in Oklahoma. Their neighbors said that they were good, friendly people that never would have suspected were hiding a very dark secret. In 2009, Michael suffered a stroke and it was believed he was going to die. He needed to get something off of his chest, though Dorothy tried to talk him out of it. When she realized that he was going to talk regardless of what she said, she assisted him in his confession by quote-unquote translating, for lack of a better term, what he was saying to authorities as his speech had been heavily affected by the stroke.
1: So she knew what he was going to say? Yes. okay. That probably involves her. So I was like, I have to tell somebody, like, you know what, don't, and I'll just tell before I die, because you're clearly about to, and I still got a little ways to go. Mm-hmm. Let me carry it with me. And I'll... I'll
0: yeah, that wasn't let, let carry. Let me
1: carry the torch. He
0: was like, no, I got to. Get the police now. Except he was like, no, I got to. Get the police. How about we don't? Get the police.
1: And we just have a salad. Huh?
0: I can't eat salad because I can't swallow right. <laughs>
1: Well, how about you watch me eat a salad?
0: I'll give you pudding. And you, I'll give,
1: I'll give you pudding. How's that sound, pudding? <laughs> He's all half paralyzed. So, like, get the police. Fuck you. You call him. Go, go, grab the phone. I'm on the wife's side.
0: 58 year old Michael Anderson was really a man named James Brewer. He and his wife had fled from Tennessee 30 years prior when James was named a wanted suspect for the murder of a man named Jimmy Carroll. Jimmy had been a neighbor to the Brewers in Tennessee, and James became suspicious that Jimmy was putting the moves on his wife, trying to lure her into an affair. Oh, shit,
1: trying to jazz her up.
0: So in James's mind, the best course of action was to shoot Jimmy to death outside of a gas station.
1: Which means he thought this shit over.
0: Out in the public.
1: I saw um, a little clip. This kind of reminds me of a little clip on that movie, The Irishman.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's on Netflix now.
0: Yeah,
1: and the the guy, the the guy that care, the the guy that Robert De Niro portrays, he's gonna. Oh, go- Oh, is it
0: a true story? I don't. know. I don't know what it's about. Uh, I don't
1: know. Um, it's a mob movie, which which is like, why haven't I watched it yet? Um, I actually, I heard it's really boring. You guys listening out there, if it's good, let me know. But he's doing. He's like inner monologue or narrating or whatever and he has all these guns on the bed and he's clearly going to go kill somebody i don't know if he's a hitman or what but he said uh i'm not gonna he said like a lot of something i'm paraphrasing i mean like I just, he's like i'm not gonna use a silencer a lot of people use silencers i don't use a silencer because when that pops people run they don't turn and look at me and i thought wow yeah that makes sense like End up for cover like if it's a like a forty five makes a loud sound. So when that happens, you you see a guy with a gun popping around, and you, you hightail it. You don't stick around. Mm-hmm. So I was like,
0: fuck, that's actually, yeah. yeah. That's
1: what made me think of it, shooting a guy just out in a gas station.
0: Yeah. Shot him at a gas station because he thought he was hitting on his wife. James was arrested, but when allowed out on bail, he and his wife took off for Oklahoma, changing their names and settling down to a nice, quiet, church-going life in Shawnee. With no horny neighbors, I guess. Better not be. They had a daughter and watched her grow up and get married and have children. They attended the local church and kept to themselves. Their pastor even stated, quote, I don't know what their former life was, but I do know they were both dedicated to the Lord. They've been in their own prison for the last 30 years. I think they've done their time, End quote. James told the authorities that he needed to confess to, Excuse quote, me.
1: I just burped in a lot of people's ears. I'm sorry, guys.
0: Yeah. Ew, I smell it. Ew. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> he needed to confess to, quote-unquote, cleanse his soul before he died. But the joke was on the Brewers. Both of them were charged in connection to the murder, James for committing the murder, and his wife for helping him flee from Tennessee. And by a stroke of luck, see what I did there? I like that. <laughs> James lived and recovered fairly well. He didn't die Ah, and had to face justice. And I scoured news articles trying to find out what happened to the brewers, but could not find what the final resolution of their cases were. I did see that trial dates were pushed back multiple times. So competency evaluations and hearings could be held for James. Evidently, James was found incompetent to stand trial and the case was continued indefinitely. So I don't know if he is in a mental hospital now or what happened with his wife. So if any of you know what happened in this case, please let us know. Because I only found that out from reading a portion of a book that was online. Hmm. Like one of those samples from like Amazon or something where you can read a few pages. Yeah,
1: kind of like a test drive.
0: Yeah, that's the only place I could find what happened. I could see everywhere else that they kept pushing the date back to test his competency. But that was it, so... The next case started... Hey, you no. Know. Oh, sorry. That's right. Billy's fact.
1: Yeah. F- what
0: F- fact. What people say. Fact. I said fact. And I'm fat. I said fact.
1: Okay, this one you could probably guess. This is the quote, right? cuckoo could choo No. I'm going to the bathroom to read. Billy. Oh, come on.
0: <laughs> to the bathroom I'm to read? I'm going to the
1: bathroom to read. I bet you there are so many listeners right now screaming it out. Elvis Presley.
0: Elvis Presley. Yep. Died on the toilet died on the toilet do you have to go to the bathroom to read no it helps i mean you can read while in the bathroom but you don't go specifically to the bathroom to read that's just weird
1: i remember when i was a kid i got really excited because i
0: found her dad's playboys
1: no (laughs) um we you know back before phones or back before cell phones and everything, we just read like the back of hair hairspray or the back of a shampoo bottle, or, you know, something like that. And I read the I read the fold out pamphlet that comes in a box of tampons. And I went to school the next day. I'm like, guys, I know how it works and I was like really jazzed. I felt like a doctor or some shit. <laughs> like, guys, I found out, I got the cure. Not the cure, like I I know how they do it. Billy, this is
0: great. I'll tell you something. I've never read those inserts and I still know how they work. Well I was like eight. This next case started in Staunton, Virginia in 1967. 19-year-old Constance Smoots Heavener and her 20-year-old sister-in-law, Carolyn Heavener Perry, worked together at High's Ice Cream Shop. Both women were found shot to death in the parlor with the register emptied of money, which led authorities to believe it was a random botched robbery, or they just wanted to kill people with three names. Well, I don't know. They were never able to find a culprit until November of 2008. A relative of Connie Heavener Perry received a call from a Mrs. Bradshaw, a 74-year-old woman who claimed to have information about the murders. She told the relative, quote, I had met a friend, Sharon Diane Crawford Smith, at a local diner for a hamburger a week before the murders, end quote. Now, Sharon was a co-worker of the two murdered women at the ice cream parlor, and she happened to have called in sick on the night they were killed. Miss Bradshaw said that when they were leaving the diner, Smith showed her a pistol that she had in her car and then told her she was, quote, "...going to shoot the Heavener girl," end quote.
1: Maybe think of MAD TV. What was his name Stewart or something? Like, look what I can do! Just <laughs> pulling out a gun.
0: <laughs> oh, my God! The relative asked why she had never come forward with this information, and Bradshaw said that she actually had gone to the police, the day after the murders, in fact. She said, quote, I went straight to Detective Dave Bocock. Yes, that's his name. O-C-O-C-K. His name has, Bocock.
1: His name has cock in it.
0: <laughs> I told him about Smith. Cock. Bocock. Cock. me <laughs> off. I also gave information to state and local law enforcement. No one was interested in what I had to say, end quote. Hmm. The authorities were notified, and Sharon Diane Crawford-Smith... She hated him because they had shorter names than her. Oh. Hers was four names. She was located in a nursing home, her health rapidly declining as her kidneys were shutting down. On her deathbed, she recalled what happened and why. Sharon was gay, and she claimed that both of the young women teased her relentlessly about it. She said, quote, I had a different lifestyle from many in those days... And those girls were taunting me. I shot them. End quote. She took the money from the register to make it look like a robbery. She also told the authorities that she had given the 25 caliber automatic handgun she had used to commit the murders to a friend of hers, a detective Dave Bocock, the same detective Cock. that Miss Bradshaw had gone to the day after the murders. Cock.
1: Okay. That startled me. <laughs>
0: Whoa, dial it back, honey. <laughs> Sharon said he had buried it for her, so it makes a lot of sense why Mrs. Bradshaw was shrugged off. Sharon would never stand trial, though, for the murders, and was never even taken to jail due to her frail condition. She died two months later at the age of 60. By the time Sharon confessed, Detective Dave Bocock Cock. had already died. Cock? Making it difficult to corroborate Sharon's story about the murder weapon.
1: Ah, cock,
0: cock and balls, (laughs) (laughs)
1: little bo cock, (laughs) poop, (laughs) penis. (laughs) (laughs) All right, (laughs) we (laughs) were nerds.
0: Yeah, yeah, this isn't new. We knew this. Yeah.
1: Here's the next one.
0: Go, Billy, go. <clears throat> you this can one, be Billy, go.
1: This one, I knew, but like, if you told me the last word, if you told me the last words, I'd be like, I don't know, but I know, like one of those. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue, you know, one of those. Pardonnez-moi, Monsieur. That was her last words. No,
0: I have no clue.
1: Marie Antoinette. She stepped on her executioner's foot.
0: Right, that's right. On her way to the guillotine. Very pleasant. The next case is a little more recent and involves a man named James Washington. Washington, not was James, James. Ah, oh, James, what are you doing? He was in prison serving fifteen years for a two thousand and six attempted second degree murder conviction in Nashville, Tennessee. In two thousand and nine, while in his late forties, Washington had health issues from which he thought he was going to die. I've seen some.
1: You're gonna need to do that since it's over.
0: I've seen some sources say that he had a severe seizure, but most sources state that he had a bad heart attack. And I'm betting it was a heart attack since he felt death was imminent.
1: You know, I wonder if like, it's clearly not going to be, but something that's like, he's already, he's already in prison. yeah? Yeah. Like if he's dying, he's like, I want you to know. I didn't do what I was accused of, but before I was arrested, for about three years, I stole my neighbor's newspaper every morning. (laughs) Like, that's the crime he committed. (laughs) You know, like, he didn't do this, but, you know.
0: this wouldn't be martinis and macabre. know it's that easy. I know, right? Like, just, I want you to know, I didn't do what I was put in prison for. I did that other thing that you don't know about that I should be in prison for.
1: But I did steal a pack of gum. When I was 12, and I've been feeling bad ever since. I think about that gum every day. <laughs> I didn't kill those people, though. That's bullshit. Well, <sighs> what kind
0: of gum was it? That's, that That means a lot. Oh. Is it grape bubble gum? Grape
1: bubble yum. Or grape bubblicious.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'd kill, yeah. kill a man for Sentence one. Sentence
0: him to death.
1: I'd kill a man for fucking great bubblicious. Yeah. Grape bubblelicious! I don't even
0: chew gum anymore, but I go over that any fucking day of the week.
1: Yeah, that and peanut butter Captain Crunch. Those two things. If that, if those, if they discontinue peanut butter Captain Crunch, or they discontinue grape bubble you'll gum, see
0: Billy on the news.
1: I'll be in the news the next fucking day. Shit's <laughs> gonna fucking go down.
0: Shit's gonna hit the fan.
1: And I'll get acquitted. I'll get acquitted. I swear to God. Do you have anything to say before sentencing? Uh yeah, they quit selling. I don't, I know I know you, you you don't know how long you've been a, a, a judge and how long you've been up there, but just yesterday they quit selling peanut butter, Captain Crunch, and Great Bubble Yum. And the judge would be like, "Oh, this is you're acquitted, Bitch is running wild." Boom! <laughs> Slam the gavel be like, "Peace out!" I'm gonna break camp. <laughs> Are they gonna bring it back? Are they going to bring those two back? No. Well, then I'm going to fucking do it again. And the judge is like, I'm coming with you. I'm driving. <laughs> God, I could really. There's no time. At, at any time of day, they're like, hey, if anybody I was like, hey, you want, you want it, like, some peanut butter Captain Crunch? They're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't even need milk. That's the one cereal I could sit. You know, like when you um, feel completely like useless in your life and you are just sitting there with the lights out, staring at the wall, eating something. Peanut butter Captain Crunch. With a blank stare.
0: You you say it like you've done it before. Well, I mean, well, what's today? Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, while Washington was in the hospital, he made a confession to a prison guard named James Tomlinson. He motioned Tomlinson over and said, quote, I have something to tell you. Pull my I finger. Have, <laughs> I have to get something off of my conscience and you need to hear this. I killed somebody. I beat her to death. End quote. Jeez. Yeah, not cereal or bubble yum. He beat some chick to death.
1: I'd beat I'd beat anybody to death if I, if they didn't have peanut butter crunch or, I wonder how many people are going to start sending this great bubble yum <laughs> and peanut butter crunch. If you're gonna, I'll give you an address. <laughs> in
0: 1995, 35-year-old Joyce Goodner's body had been found by firefighters in an abandoned home. She had been stabbed. Beaten with a cinder block, which broke her nose, cheekbone, and her skull in many places.
1: Uh, it was a cinder block. It broke everything it touched.
0: Yeah. And then her body was rolled up in a rug and set on fire, which is why firefighters were there. Jeez. Washington had known Joyce and even told police at that time that he had seen her on the day that she died.
1: Uh, they told her, like, how how she died. And he was like, oh, that's crazy. just walked away.
0: He was arrested for the murder but with no DNA or other evidence linking him to the crime, the charges were dropped and he was released. Washington was once again charged with her murder, though once he had recovered from his heart attack, he suddenly recanted his confession, stating that he had been hallucinating from the drugs he had been given at the hospital. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. But his defense failed and he was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison, with a minimum term of 51 years.
1: You know what makes me think it's not a hallucination? It To me, and, you know, of course, I could totally be wrong. I'm not a medical professional by fucking... That he knows the
0: fucking details? By
1: any fucking means. But yeah, I think if you were hallucinating, you would just be like, I beat her to death. And you could say everything, right? But the fact that he was like, you, come here, come here. Yeah. I need to tell you this. That, to me, is like, that's not... Halluc- you,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you just confessed, because you thought you were going
0: to fucking die. And if you're hallucinating... And seeing or hearing things, you're not going to say, I did this. You would say, I see this happening or I hear this happening. Mm -hmm. You're not going to hallucinate and be like, I beat her to death. That just doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah. It could be like, like, he could be like, oh, she's right there. Who is? The woman I beat to death. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably a hallucination. But the fact that you're like, officer, over here, over here. Hey, come here, man. I got to tell you something. That's not a hallucination, in yeah. my, my opinion.
0: Well, his minimum term was 51 years, and he was 50 when sentenced, so he most likely will never get out. I don't think you, out of all of my offenders at my prison, I only know of one that's over 90 right now. How's he doing? Bad. Wow. Well, He's 93. Yeah. Okay, you ready? Yep.
1: Yeah, this one's actually really sad. I know you, you're just going to bust out in the song. This is somebody's last words. You ready? Swing low, sweet chariot.
0: Coming for to carry me home.
1: There it is. Harriet Tubman.
0: That's what I would have guessed.
1: Really? Mm Mm-hmm. It would have been beyond me. Here's one. This one is actually really sad to me because I know the story about it. But I'll finally get to see Marilyn. Joe DiMaggio. He was... They were a couple and he was fucking smitten over her. And then when she died, it was like whenever he was always just like, Oh, I miss her. I can't. I want to see her. I want to be with her again. And yeah, yeah, i go.
0: Hmm.
1: Now, before you start the next one, there's something I have to tell you. And it's going to fall under the hole. You could have never told me this. I never would have known. But you have married a Dollard. You tell me that all the time. Yesterday, I forgot to tell you, yesterday, I walked outside of one of the stores I had to go to, and I'm standing in the parking lot, and I'm like, I know I parked around here. Where the fuck is my car? And I found a PT Cruiser, and I tried to get in it. I'm like, ah, that's not it. God, it looks just like my car, though. Wow. Where the fuck is my car? And I went, you have Erica's car. You're driving Erica's car today.
0: You drove my car yesterday and today.
1: And then, uh, in my, in, out loud, this is out loud I'm saying, I'm like, I have Erica's car. Oh, it's right here. It was right fucking next to me. <laughs> <laughs> I felt my face and neck get red. Nobody was around. My <laughs> face and neck got red. I was like, all right, I'm just going to get the car here and <laughs> have a good cry on the way to the next store I have to visit. <laughs> I'm
0: driving down the interstate. I'm like, stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> I can ra- see you trying to get into somebody's PT Cruiser, or an alarm goes off and you're just like, scatter! <laughs> Take off running.
1: What did the suspect look like? Um, he was six foot one. He was covered in tattoos. He had a beard. And he screamed out the word smoke bomb and fucking ran away.
0: <laughs> Cause that's what Billy likes to do. Just yell out smoke bomb, even though there isn't one. Yeah. Smoke bomb! Ugh. I am not shit like that all the time. Divert! What? Divert! Scatter. Divert. <laughs> Abort! Abort what? <laughs> when Billy doesn't want something to continue, he just shouts out random <laughs> things that mean stop it. When I'm done, I'm done. <laughs> nope.
1: <laughs> Awkward situation. I'm like, run the zigzag pattern. They can't hit you. <laughs> <laughs> They'll never catch me. <laughs> Nobody's after you, Billy.
0: Ah, <laughs> not anymore. Looking over your shoulder, like, "Who? I lost them. <laughs> they were never there. <laughs> they were never there, Billy."
1: <laughs> <laughs> I keep trying to come up with new ones, too. <laughs> oh my god, I don't want to be here right now. <laughs> Just leave. <laughs> I'm talking to somebody, I'm like, Ooh. "Oh, look, grass." <laughs> Just walk away.
0: <laughs> what was that? <laughs>
1: oh. If you ever want to annoy somebody while Eric is taking the time to burp, I found this to be really great. All right, Snuggle Bunnies, whenever somebody's talking to you, do this for me and let me know on Facebook how this works. Don't contact us on Twitter because I do not stay up with Twitter. That's probably going to hurt us in the long run. But when somebody's talking to you, look at their left ear and don't look away because see, you're doing it right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? <laughs> they're going to like, they're going to think there's a bug on them. They're going to like, what are you looking at? Like, what? Nothing. Nothing. You are saying? And they just keep staring at their ear. <laughs> 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 It'll fuck them up. I would say when you see somebody and you're about to talk to them or you're talking to them, you know, or they're talking to you and you just, and like, have you been crying? That is funny to me until, did I tell them the podcast about the other manager? from back in the day
0: no i don't think so okay
1: so this is a little billy break
0: i don't know what you're gonna say so it's hard for me to one of the
1: managers at the liquor store i worked at well, the, li- the chain one of the managers he's not with us anymore he's alive well fuck i think i'm pretty sure he's alive but um so i was talking to him on the phone and he was like he called me he was like hey billy do you think you get somebody to come cover me and i'm like have you been crying as a joke, and he was like, "Yeah, I was on the phone with my mom's doctor, and while I was on the phone with him, my mom died right there." And I was like, "Oh my fucking god, I am so sorry. Oh my god, oh my god. Yes, I'll call somebody. I'll get somebody over there right now." And I was like, "Yep, n- never telling that joke ever fucking again." Had a
0: rough day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Go back and listen. You'll
0: <laughs> <laughs> ah. rough day.
1: Getting it, it for my mom. She had her dog put to sleep today. Ha. And you can say she's having a rough day. Ma'am, I'm sorry. I am sorry for <laughs> what I just said. That was totally inappropriate. <laughs> We're fucked up. It's all right. And what's crazy is right when I was like, right when I was about to say, rough day. the You know how the, the producer voice in your head? Like, like, no, cut the feed. Cut the feed. Yeah, like that. Like, <laughs> I, like, I I heard, like, my inner voice go, no, 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 no. no. Rough day. Oh, fuck. And I was like, I'm sorry. I fucked up. It's my bad.
0: <laughs> Good thing you're no longer with that company. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's move on.
1: Why? He was really crying because his mom died. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was on the phone.
0: I feel so bad. You're chuckling. Out of shock. <laughs> the one time I pulled that joke, it was real.
1: <laughs> what if the general manager called him and was like, did Billy get anybody? No, he just he just yelled scatter
0: and I heard the phone <laughs> he hit the floor. Bomb. <laughs> That's Billy trying to get away from an awkward situation. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: no to everything you're saying. Bye! <laughs> I don't even hang up. I'm like, bye-bye. <laughs> just drop the phone. Just hear the pitter-patter of your feet. I heard the buzz of the door yeah. like, like he ran out. I think he ran out. I think you have an a, engine start. I, I think you have a store unsupervised. <laughs> and I heard a confused customer.
0: And I could hear all that in my head. I can just picture it. So <laughs> I've been in those stores so many times. Bye. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: okay <laughs> I did enough fully work
0: okay we should totally do that what Foley work for who I don't know but I would should. love
1: to do it for like serious action movies but like the gunshot I'm just like
0: pew <laughs> well I recently downloaded a lot of sounds which I may interject in some of these episodes even at inappropriate times just cause they're funny
1: Look at me! I'm flying! Oh, no, wait, maybe not. (laughs) Because you're you. (laughs) All right, go ahead. We're straying off a topic. I'm sure we're pissing people off. Sorry, guys.
0: So on Valentine's Day, 1988, in Cardiff, Wales, in the UK, 20-year-old Lynette Deborah White, an alleged prostitute, was found murdered in a flat with over 50 stab wounds. The South Wales police put out a photo fit image of a white male that had been seen in the vicinity of the flat around the suspected time of the murder, but nothing came of it. In November of 1988, nine months later, five black and mixed-race men were arrested and charged with the murder simply based on accusations made by other people. There was No scientific evidence found at the crime scene that could connect any of the men. Despite this, three of the men were convicted following what was the longest murder trial in British history at that time. Tony Paris, Yusuf Abdullahi, and Stephen Miller all received life sentences in 1990. In 1992, the convictions were quashed by the Court of Appeal after it was decided that improper actions were taken by the investigative police when working the case. The three men were released. Their wrongful convictions have since been called one of the most egregious miscarriages of justice in recent times. The police, of course, stood their ground, stating that there were no other suspects beside these men and that they were the guilty parties, so there was no point reopening the case.
1: Open and shut, Johnson.
0: <laughs> Open and
1: shut, Johnson. Open and shut, Johnson. There you go. What I don't understand is why you're digging through all this. Leave it alone.
0: Let sleeping dogs lie.
1: If I had a dollar, wait no. If I had a pound <laughs> wait a euro If I had a euro every time I heard <laughs> he didn't do it I'd have two Euros. <laughs>
0: I'm pretty proud of the force. (laughs) We're doing good. Well, 10 years later.
1: No, thanks to you.
0: In 2002.
1: 2002.
0: There was new technology for extracting DNA and a profile was able to be extracted in the Lynette White case. It led investigators to a man named Jeffrey Gaffour when it was discovered that his DNA was a match to the crime scene DNA. started surveillance on him. In 2003, when Gaffour was 38, he knew that police were watching him closely and that the walls were closing in. He went to several different stores and purchased large amounts of paracetamol tablets, which is just another generic name for acetaminophen, which is what most people here in the States know as Tylenol. Acetaminophen is one of the most highly abused drugs in the world. Really? Yes. Really? Of course, people don't look at it that way, but how many times have you taken more than the directions call for, or more frequently than it says to take?
1: I blame the military for my ibuprofen problem.
0: What's your ibuprofen? We're talking about acetaminophen. I'm just saying.
1: Whenever, when I was in the army, I don't know how they do it now, but when I was in the army, if you're hurting, they give you ibuprofen. And they give you a horse pill, and it's 800 milligrams of ibuprofen. Mm-hmm. It, will, it will fix... And I was like, oh, uh, you know, I've, I've served with people who are like, oh man, ibuprofen doesn't touch me. I'm like, okay, go to the fucking dentist and then go to the medics and they will give you ibuprofen and then you're not going to get high, but you're going to forget that you even fucking have dental surgery because it's going to get right on top of your boo-boo. And that's why now I take four
0: Advil. I take four, two or three times a day sometimes.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's why I've told my doctors. Uh, give me something that'll fix my pain because I don't want to keep doing this and killing my kidneys.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this thing too is like every time I take four, I'm like, I'm sure this isn't good for me at all.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think I'm hurting somebody. I don't somebody. do it every day.
0: I'm hurting but there's somebody a lot somewhere. of days. So like I said, if you're taking more than the directions call for, taking more frequently Technically, that is abuse of a drug. I mean, and, but
1: shit, dude. I, they say the serving size is 10 potato chips. I don't stop at 10. I start at 10. So...
0: Potato chips are different than drugs. I'm
1: just saying. Suggested it serving. It used to be
0: the max they wanted you to have of Tylenol was 4,000 milligrams a day. Now it's down to 2,000 milligrams a day.
1: it, they're like...
0: Eight. So if you take extra strength Tylenol, those are 500 apiece. Take two of them. That's 1,000 milligrams. You can only do that two times in one day, and that's your max dose. So, yeah, it can be deadly if taken in large doses, and people frequently take more than what they're supposed to.
1: Yeah, but I mean, too much of anything can be bad for you. And I swear to God, I probably like
0: ho- rum and coke.
1: I'd probably, ho- i probably hockey punch somebody if they just had that half a cup of fucking peanut butter, Captain Crunch. I would take the, I would take the box away from them. Like you, you, you don't deserve to have this.
0: And you would eat it.
1: All of it. <laughs> there have been times I was wondering, like, maybe the structural integrity of the bag inside. I could just pour milk in the bag and fucking go ape shit. You could. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. There could why be a do hole we not, or something.
0: As much love as you have for it, why did we not keep a steady supply of it in the house?
1: I never really eat cereal. But if I do eat cereal, it's, it's going to be peanut butter, cap and crunch. Or that off-brand s'mores. Go ahead. That shit's great.
0: So, guess what Jeffrey was going to do with all this acetaminophen? Hmm. Inquiring minds want to know. If you said he was going to take all of the acetaminophen that he bought in an attempt to kill himself, you're right. Good for you guys. The police, fearing that this was his plan when they saw his purchases, busted into his house just after he took all of the pills.
1: Oh, they busted in. And he was making a fort of pills.
0: <laughs> what? I do this on my weekends. <laughs> my fucking money. He was arrested and an ambulance was called. He began confessing to Lynette's murder on the way to the hospital. He said that they began... I'll do
1: something horrible, I did.
0: <laughs> he said that they began arguing over 30 pounds and he began stabbing her. He claimed that he wanted to die and had been waiting anxiously every day for him to be captured. He soon began seizing and was still seizing when he arrived at the hospital. Everyone thought he was going to die, but justice wasn't done with him. Not yet, buddy. He made a full recovery and (laughs) had to answer for his gruesome crime. Surprisingly... He didn't recant his confession Oh, and was ready to accept the consequences of his actions. He got a life sentence with a 13-year minimum before being considered for parole. His requests for parole in 2016 and 2018 were both rejected, but he is eligible to file another parole request this year.
1: Yeah, I'd be like, come on, guys. You wouldn't even fucking know if I didn't say anything. Shit. Don't I get points for integrity?
0: Well, this case led to a huge crackdown on corrupt police work. The IPCC, or Independent Police Complaints Commission, began a review of conduct about the case in 2004.
1: Was that, like their internal affairs? I guess, yeah. Yeah. Well, IA. Sure.
0: Within 12 months, about 30 people were arrested in connection with the investigation, 19 of those being acting or retired police officers. Several people were convicted of crimes and did some time in prison.
1: Okay, look. I know I said we got a man and everything was kosher. And I was like, leave it alone. Okay, we were wrong. It happens. We're human.
0: Sounded kind of African there.
1: We're human. I don't know. (laughs) Fuck. You ready? I'm ready. Damn it. Don't you dare ask God to help me. Hmm. Joan Crawford yelling at her housekeeper. Hmm. So she said that and she instantly fucking died.
0: Wow. All right. So the next one. In November 1986, 76-year-old Alice Mock of Middletown, Delaware was dying. Look. I'm in I'm in Delaware. She felt she needed to be honest about something that had happened in her past. So she asked her neighbor to come over. She told her neighbor about a night in 1975 when she had been drinking with a man named Wayman Camille Jr. I
1: told you about this one, I think.
0: You did. She invited him home while they continued to drink. Wayman was so drunk that Alice told him to go lay in her bed. After he passed out, Alice stole his money, but she became paranoid. She thought that he would know that she had stolen it if he woke up and the money was missing. But she also worried that her landlord would find out that she had an African-American man in her bed, which evidently was a big no-no to the landlord, what with Alice being a white woman and all. Because, who the fuck cares?
1: Because it so fucking
0: matters. Yeah. Alice feared she would be evicted. She proceeded to tell the neighbor that she concocted a story to avoid the whole issue of stolen money and possible eviction.
1: And this is kind of a side note, but kind of on it. November, 1986, top song. What do you think it is? I have no clue. I see your true colors
0: <laughs> shining through. <laughs> she called the police and said that Wayman had robbed her and then raped her. Really fucking shitty thing to do.
1: That's fucking low.
0: Wayman was found by the police still passed out on Alice's bed. Never having even touched her in any kind of sexual way, Wayman had a long arrest record. Most of them for being drunk and disorderly.
1: What if they went to wake him up and then, like, he says something that is like totally innocent? You know, like, like he's there to be arrested for the rape of somebody, and they're like, "Get up!" And he's like, "Haberdashery."
0: <laughs> What's Tom his name? W- What's his name? Wayman. Wayman.
1: Wayman. Present. <laughs>
0: Well, he had a long arrest record, most of them for being drunk and disorderly. He was a full-blown alcoholic who got the DTs if he didn't have a drink. He denied the accusations, but was unable to give a detailed timeline of the day and night before, on account of being drunk most of the day.
1: And that DTs are called delirium tremens. Yes. I only know that because I'm married to a nurse.
0: And, and you I used to drink Delirium. Tremens. I used to
1: drink a beer called Delirium Tremens, mm-hmm. and then you were like, and you laughed because you are like, "Oh my god, that's DTS." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> and then I looked it up, and it turns out one of the logos on there is a purple elephant, and statistically, a purple elephant is one of the f- one of the hallucinations that you see when you have DTS. Mm-hmm. Isn't that neat? And the other, the dark beer is called Delirium Nocturne. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. I wouldn't say it's neat, but okay.
1: Neat fact. I'm not saying it's neat that it
0: happens, it's just a neat trivial thing. Well, he was facing over forty-five years in prison for Alice's lies. His attorney, knowing his arrest history and his inability to recall the day of the alleged crimes, would not fare well in a trial. Urged Wayman to take a deal: fifteen years if he would plead guilty to a lesser offense of sexual assault as opposed to first-degree rape.
1: I wonder how many times he's sat in that jail cell, like waiting for trial. and he's like, "I'm fucked. I'm fucked. Yeah. I'm so fucked." And, and it's one of those things. Like if you're like that full blown of an alcoholic, you could probably convince that person of it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're in arrest for for the rape of su- such such, and, and you're such an alcoholic. You're like, "Fuck, did I? I don't. Re- I don't. That's something I would never do. Mm-hmm. I don't remember doing that." But at this. point point i your guess is probably as good as mine you know
0: yeah so it goes without saying wayman took the deal it was almost 12 years later when alice finally came clean about what really happened and wayman was released from prison didn't she tell her neighbor yeah i told you she oh. called her neighbor over sorry
1: yeah because so i told you that because she had like they weren't like friends but they knew each other yeah they were cordial, just hanging out cordial right acquaintances and stuff you know
0: Well, Alice fell into a coma and died not long after Wayman's release. So he did get out, but 12 years is a long fucking time.
1: Okay, this one you'll like. Humphrey Bogart. Last words before he died. I should have never switched from scotch to martinis.
0: Hmm. (laughs) Well, this next one is a pretty old one. It started the night of January 11, 1867 in Dayton, Ohio. A teenage boy found the bloody body of his 18-year-old sister, Christine Kett, in their kitchen doorway. He ran to the neighbors for help and the police were notified. I know this one. They walked into a gruesome scene. Christine, as I said, was in the kitchen doorway, with her lower body actually in the kitchen, and her upper body at the top of the stairs that led down to the basement. Her head had been hit several times with a sharp object, such as an axe or a hatchet. There was also a pistol found next to her body, and she had gunpowder on her finger and her face. But it didn't appear that the gun had actually been shot. Christine's mother, who was also named Christine, so we will call her Mama Christine for clarity's sake. I like that. She came home to a slew of policemen and onlookers at her house. She was told of her daughter's death. And she became hysterical, as we would expect most parents to be. As one would be. Somehow, despite Christine's head being hacked, the police decided that it was an accident that Christine had tripped while carrying the gun and it went off, killing her. And I guess it hacked her head several times and failed to leave a bullet hole. But whatever. (laughs) Over the years, Mama Christine accused multiple people of killing her daughter and police actually arrested several men. They were all released as there was no evidence to support the theory that they killed Christine. One major suspect was Christine's teenage brother, the one who had found the body.
1: That's what—that's the one thing I love about the law <clears throat> is, yeah, you accused him and we, he's booked. Now you have to prove it. Mm-hmm. Now you have to prove this happened beyond the shadow of a doubt.
0: That's why nowadays they try and make sure their eyes are dotted, their T's are crossed before they lay those charges mm-hmm. on him. Because you got to be sure. Well, it happened to be the brother's pistol that was found next to her body. But there was no evidence connecting him to the murder either. Seventeen years later, Mama Christine was laid up with quote-unquote inflamed bowels. That sounds gross. I'm guessing she maybe had Crohn's or ulcerative colitis or something. Ick. Anyway. Ick. She was nearing death. She called her son to her bedside and finally let the cat out of the bag. She had killed Christine. She stated that the day Christine was killed, she was supposed to come home at noon to make dinner. Christine ran over her curfew by a couple of hours, and Mama Christine saw red. She grabbed an axe, and Christine tried to run to the cellar. Just as she got to the doorway, Mama Christine swung at her daughter's head several times, killing her. In an attempt to cover the crime, she grabbed her son's gun and flask of gunpowder. She smeared the powder on Christine's fingers and her cheek and planted the gun next to her body. She then left the house and went to the market, knowing her son would find the body.
1: That's which is fucked twice up. Twice as fucked up. That's fucked up.
0: Mama Christine asked her son to keep her secret until he was on his deathbed. And he was like, sure, you hateful bitch. <laughs> Just a few hours later... Mama Christine suffered a stroke and died. And her son was like, I gotta tell some people this shit. Hey y'all, guess what? And he went straight to the media and spilled all of the beans. And you can actually find real local news articles about this case from 1867
1: online. Pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. Now, this one, this is my last one, Mm -hmm. is from Michael Jackson. His last words were, more milk he was referencing the nickname he had given to the anesthetic uh pro, 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 pro,
0: pro, propofol pro,
1: yes on which he overdosed
0: mhm
1: he called it milk or his milk he said more milk and he it got it wasn't jesus juice and he got more milk and then he got dead
0: <laughs> he got
1: deaded <laughs> i don't care what flies eat Thank you guys for listening to my uh, last words
0: bit. (laughs) Now, this last one is a doozy. It involves a man named Tony Wakeford who had Parkinson's. In 2006, he became very sick with some sort of life-threatening illness related to the Parkinson's. Believing he was going to die, he wanted to come clean to his wife, Patricia. He confessed to her that he had an affair with her best friend, and Patricia, obviously probably shocked and furious, held her composure as it was believed that Tony was near death and she wanted to show him at least a little compassion as he passed away.
1: One of those, don't let him see it? Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Surprising to both of them, Tony lived. <laughs> and his health improved. Yay! do 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 End of story, right? No! Wrong! You're this...
1: so fucking wrong.
0: This confession and Tony's recovery, of course, created a problem. Patricia felt hurt and betrayed and all of the things that come with learning about an affair. Though the two stayed married, it was an ongoing issue that they often fought about. Their last fight would be in their Effingham Surrey home on September 4th, 2010. I don't like that.
1: Their last fight.
0: Exactly. After which Tony would be dead. Patricia called 999 and claimed that Tony had attacked her during an argument. Wait, where is this? In Effingham, Surrey. Across the pond. 999. would nine, nine, Okay. 999! Mm-hmm. Okay. Whoa, hey, look hmm?
1: out. <laughs> Whoa, what are you doing? Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> she said he had ended up being stabbed in the process of her defending herself. She said they were in the kitchen and she was slicing vegetables with a knife. She heard a song on the radio that reminded her of her husband's adultery, and she began to yell at him, Why did you do it? Why with her? She said Tony yelled, For God's sake, shut up! and violently pushed her. Patricia stated, quote, I pointed the knife at him and said, Don't do that to me again. I was referring to the way he spoke to me and his violence to me. End quote. Okay. She claimed that a struggle ensued, and he fell on the knife. He fell on fell it. Fell on it. Just so happens that he fell perfectly, the knife piercing his heart.
1: He fell so good on that knife.
0: He also had multiple other stabs and slashes on his hands, arms, and legs.
1: A perfectly. Mm hmm. Yeah.
0: Records showed that the he can
1: p- defensive wound like a motherfucker.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Records showed that the police had been called to their house several times over the years due to fights even before Tony let Patricia in on his secret. It was in her medical records that she had complained about Tony and the marriage for decades prior as well. And a neighbor told investigators that they could hear Patricia yelling, quote, I hate you, end quote.
1: That's not healthy in a marriage.
0: Repeatedly for 10 minutes the day before Tony died.
1: That doesn't help your defense, that's for fucking sure.
0: Patricia was taken to court for murder, but was only found guilty of manslaughter. Her sentence was for 582 days, which is around 19 months. But she was released as she had already spent half of that time in custody, awaiting trial with good behavior. So I guess just take that shit to the grave or leave a hidden letter or something if you think you're dying. I guess. Because if you live, you might just be made dead by falling on a knife.
1: (laughs) Oh no! Falling perfectly, perfectly, perfectly on the knife without the a heart. hitch, mm-hmm. without a hitch, all the way to the bank, fell on that knife like a fox. <laughs> so, and then she went to like take it out, and he was like, "Get that away from me!" And then that's the defensive wounds. It's, it wasn't. It was. It was. It was proactive
0: oh. moves of
1: perfection, mm-hmm. perf- per perfect proactive
0: perforation of the heart sac. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So those are some crazy deathbed confessions. We hope you liked it. Thanks for listening. You know where to find us. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Martinis in the Macabre. And we also have a fan page on Facebook called Friends Who Like Martinis in the Macabre. You can also follow us on Twitter at martini underscore macabre, And feel free to post whatever you like, from funny to morbid. And please share. That's the easiest and totally free way to help us out just by spreading the word. If you want to go a step further then please get on apple podcast stitcher basically anywhere you can leave a rating or a review we hope it will be a positive one and don't forget if you send us a snapshot of your review we will send you a sticker and if you've already left a review but haven't sent us a pic you can still do that and get a sticker even if the review's old and if it's in binary we might send you two
1: if it's in binary <laughs> i love you <laughs>
0: And if you want to go balls to the wall and financially support the show, you can make a one-time donation in the amount of your choosing via our PayPal link at the bottom of the homepage on our website, martinisandthemacab.com. Or you can set up a pledge for monthly donations through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Even a $1 pledge gets you access to our patron-only audio each month and a shout-out on the show. And for just a few dollars more, you can get some exclusive goodies. Every dollar is hugely appreciated. You guys don't even know. And thank you to all past patrons and especially our current patrons. Kirsten R. Baller, yo! What up? Bender, Bonnie, Bridget, Caroline, Chelsea, Christina, Cooper, Donald, Belfast, Grace, Heather, Jennifer, Jolene, Kate, Kim, Christy, Kristen, Lady Danger, Marie Maxime, Martha, Molly, Monica, Vanessa, and Veronica. You awesome snoggle bunnies have our dying love. For any questions, comments, or topic suggestions.
1: Or, let me jump in real quick and tell Elaine ketty congratulations on your new dream job.
0: Yes, congratulations. That's where she works. Right
1: there. Ooh, pretty. Not, not, not the boat. Not, not the boat. boat. No, no, mm. no, no. Out there.
0: Yeah, that's where she's at. Awesome. Good on you. Congratulations. Oh, and
1: she said dad jokes helped her.
0: Awesome. So I was like, ah oh, cool. I knew I was doing good somewhere. He makes us cry and pull our hair out. <laughs>
1: Not Elaine. At
0: least you're doing something for somebody. For any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, shoot us an email at martinisinthemacabre at gmail.com or you can use the contact page on the website. Also on the website, you can find a bio about us, a complete episode catalog that you can binge, and all of the music created by Minimus Noah that we use at the end of each episode. And keep listening because there will be a new one at the end of this episode. That's how we roll. And he's just recently sent me some newer ones that I found on like his SoundCloud and his Bandcamp stuff that he hadn't released to us yet, so it might be one of those. And you can also find all of his released music on Spotify and iTunes as well. So please go check it out and give him some love.
1: You know, actually, if um, anybody has any ties to anything, it would really mean a lot to us to uh, get our son's name out there more. He, his music is fucking amazing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And all it's going to take...
0: He's actually started making live music, like, with his keyboard and stuff. Yeah, shit.
1: yeah. All it's going to take is just one fucking phone call. Yeah. And then he'll have it. It'll It'd be, be amazing. he will be fucking set. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, guys, that about wraps it up. Once again, thanks so much for listening. Stay safe, Snuggle Bunnies, and we'll see you in two weeks. Bye! Bye! Bye.
1: Poop. And the judge would be like, oh, this is, you're acquitted. Bitches running wild. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) Slam the gavel. I'd be like, peace out.